arranged to be the agents of change To fight the power, to be the difference If you stand up for people speaking the truth You might be a change agent too Hey everybody, welcome to the Change Agents Comics and Social Issues Podcast where we explore graphic novels that have something to say. Brought to you by Change Agents from Renegade Arts Entertainment, available exclusively on Comixology. Fight the power, be the difference. I'm James Davidge, and I'm joined today by Stephanie Chan of Foam Armory and Smash Pages Comic News. Hi, everybody. Jason Memmel of Sage Theater and the Penciltown Podcast. Hey, everybody. And Karen Mills of the Alberta Advantage and the Format Guardian podcasts. Hello, folks. Every episode, we discuss a notable work of comic literature as we consider its artistic merit and its ability to address our social concerns. And today we're talking about President Luther from DC Comics. Written by Greg Rucka, J.M. DeMatthias, Jeff Loeb, Mark Schultz, Carl Kiesel, and Phil Jimenez, with artwork by many, many artists, including Ed McGuinness, Tony Harris, Rob Liefeld, and Art Adams. This is a collection of Superman comics published back in the year 2000 that led up to the uh, presidential election in the real world of George W. Bush. Full disclosure. I'm a big DC Comics fan, but I did, I did not read these specific comics when they came out. However, from a distance, I always found this story fascinating. In fact, in my fantasy series, The Driftwood Saga, the titular character's evil corporate magician father, Hans Blekensit, was intentionally a mix of Lex Luthor and, wait for it, Donald Trump. <laughs> like Luthor... I had my character become president of the United States. This was written way back in 2009, seven years before Trump was elected. But the idea of Trump as president had been floating around in satirical comedy circles for years. And now, and now, this is an interesting series of comics to discuss today. Two days before the 2021 inauguration of Joe Biden, as Vice President of the United States that should end Trump's presidency. It's scary that I have to hedge my bets a bit with a should in that statement. And now let's hear from our guests. What's your connection to President Luther, Superman in general, and or the events of the moment? And I think today I'm gonna call upon uh, Jason. Yeah, well, you know, so it's interesting. Superman was probably, like, growing up, I was never, uh, like, a Marvel or DC kid. I was whatever comics were at the grocery store or 7-Eleven when, when I went there kind of kid because our town didn't have a comic shop. Um, so a lot of my superhero knowledge of that time was, like, very piecemeal, like bits of adventures of different times. And so I I read a lot of Superman, but the stuff that I was reading wasn't even itself. Like it was usually uh, single issues. Um, not a whole lot of like long drawn out soap opera stuff. Um, and that was all in the eighties. So by the time I got to the two thousands, uh, I was definitely not 
following the Superman um, uh, train in terms of what was happening month to month, anything like that. Um, uh, so my sense of Luthor as a character was always just as this as this uh, villain foil for Superman, uh, the guy who created robots that Superman could then beat up without uh, without Superman without Superman having the ethical problem of punching a normal human. Um, and uh, yeah, like I think uh, you know Gene Hackman was probably the Luthor that I had most in my mind, who was just more or less like a real estate salesman with delusions of super super villaindom. Um, but uh, yeah, like I think what was interesting reading this, reading President Luthor as a story was how much of a, like, I mean, we're, we're going to be making a lot of Trump comparisons as we go here, but like, on one hand, like Luthor is supposed to be a genius. And so they give him interesting ideas to bring to a presidency. And yet, there's sort of this need for the narrative to prove that he's a supervillain. So there are these dramatic moments laced in where he just does evil things because he is genetically evil somehow, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of, I thought, I thought it was interesting, uh, especially with the other works we've, we've been, been reading here. It was interesting to read something that was very clearly this tiny slice in a much larger pie uh, full of so many different creator voices and stuff. And, um, um, and yeah, and, and just for that, that whole Trump comparison, I think what's interesting is that although like, who like what kind of a villain and what kind of a president Luthor became which depended on who was writing him in any given issue he always still felt like there was some sort of lurking plan underneath which is probably what puts him most in counterpoint to the to our real life supervillain of Trump who has never had a plan like it's it was sort of it was fascinating to see uh uh just this idea of an actual scheming villain versus a opportunist who happens to find himself in a position Hey, cool thoughts. Cool thoughts. Uh, Karen. Oh, sure. Share <laughs> your connection uh, to the story or Luther or, or the moment. Yeah. Well, I think I'll um, set out like Jason kind of a little bit of background about uh, DC and growing up with, with different superheroes. So um, similarly, I didn't have a comic shop in most of the places that I grew up. So I was reading a lot of my dad's like flea market comics that he had found in the 80s so this actually this exact period is kind of where I missed because we left off in the 80s and then when I started buying comics on my own in college in Halifax it was like uh the early 2000s but just after this period um it was kind of into the in the continuity it was like the uh, infinite crisis uh rebirth era so just again this is just before that uh so that was interesting to have um yeah like we said a, a snapshot of all these little different it's like see this issue for this story <laughs> it's like oh okay there's quite a lot of things that you can go back and explore here but uh but in terms of uh the the politics and the story i mean i'm not super surprised just because the, a lot of the ways that they present political power in kind of mainstream culture falls the tropes very closely i like the uh towards the end there's a little vignette where the um the underclass or the slum is presented as a villain and and superman has to beat him back because this is like you know you, you can't give those people too much power either <laughs> it's like okay mm -hmm. i guess the corporate elites or or the like slum people can't can't dominate that's the the, the american people overall decided who the president should be and if, it, if it's lex luther 
It's fine. Um, I was also reminded of uh, our discussions about Magneto because sometimes it's hard to tell with these kind of like sympathetic cultured villains, like why they're villains. <laughs> it's just exactly what Jason said. They just has to have to do something villainous every so often to remind you. But like, it's like, okay, let's, let's shift away from fossil fuels into green tech. I'm like, who in the real world that's bad would ever do that? <laughs> like, no matter what the underlying scheme is, it will just never happen unless it's like sincere or there's some actual beneficial reason for most people to do that so mm -hmm. um so overall yeah definitely follows the like what i expect like a critique of power to be from culture in the mainstream like comics or tv or whatever and you can see like seeds of like the west wing and other things that are like well as long as we follow the process and respect it then that's actually better than just stopping evil people from having power so all right great thoughts uh stephanie your connection to uh to president luther superman in general um uh or the moment okay i'm gonna answer this in a multi-step um awesome. first off i'll yeah i'll start with the superman in general question um growing up um very influential in my life was my older sister suzette who was a massive comic collector she still is actually and um i used to raid her comics all the time and my mother is the other one who herself was a big comic book fan. And um, she has every issue of Mad Magazine, for example, like ever published. And uh, but that, she that makes her the coolest mom I've ever heard about. <laughs> <laughs> but she back in the back in the day or whatever, she used to read Superman and Batman comics. I guess action and detective back then sort of thing. And um, that's where she started. So, so there's always been a love of superheroes and Superman in the house. So I was just exposed to it. I, I couldn't even pinpoint where I started because I would have read so many back issues and current issues at the same time that I, I couldn't even tell you where, where I started with where was my Superman journey began. I have no idea at all. So, so growing up in the comic book household, um, I was always exposed to Superman and Lex Luthor and everything else that comes with it. Um, so and I'm going to jump into the part where we talk about the events of the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is an interesting comparison to see what was written back in the day as fiction and then what had actually happened. And in, I, I, was it Jason who said it? I think and met at, or I can't remember if it's Jason or James, but one of you guys said something along the lines of some stuff felt more realistic, like oh, in the comic. I, I put that in my notes for. Oh, sorry, up. I'm dumping yeah, yeah, ahead. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I that's um, like to do that comparison and and what we thought was or what society thought that was as oh, this is a sensational kind of story that's in the comic books. And then what has actually happened is like, oh, ooh. Yeah, other than the big robots and monsters, this is, this is more normal yeah, yeah, than what we're exactly. going through right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Well, we have robots. It's all the AI now. So. Oh, right. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm, it's all a metaphor, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's great. Well, we'll get into more about this story and how it connects to uh, to the goings on on uh, as we exist here on earth 
on January 18th, 2021. Um, okay, so we'll jump into thanks so much, Stephanie. Thanks, everybody. Um, did you have anything else to add there, Stephanie? Or or, or you got uh, it there? not yet? I'm trying to yeah. save it for the other questions. Good job. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get through the summary here, folks. Um, and uh this summary, of course, will have spoilers. So here's your spoiler warning. Um but uh, basically, Lex Luthor runs for president and Superman isn't happy about it. This collection is essentially a series of vignettes that appeared in various Superman titles. The stories are broken up into three chapters, the campaign, the election night, and the inauguration. In chapter one, Luther campaigns on reducing America's dependence on fossil fuels through innovative technology. It's so interesting that that comes from an evil supervillain. But anyways, um, when an unsuccessful assassination attempt on Luther gives him a bump in the polls, it's quietly suggested Luther may have planned it. On the day of the election, we see the Daily Planet try to predict which headline they'll need on the next day. One saying Luther wins, or one saying Luther loses. Batman comes to threaten Luther to hand over his kryptonite ring. Interestingly. Luther holds Batman off. And then Luther wins the election, indicating that a stunning shift in power has occurred in the DC universe. During the inauguration chapter, Superman talks to his many super friends about the election of Luther as president of the United States. Much of the advice boils down to, hang in there, soups. When it's suggested that Superman drag Luther out of the Oval Office, Superman stands by the American system that elected Luther. Superman contemplates leaving Earth, but is visited by one of the time cops known as the Linear Men, who shows Superman the danger to Earth's future if he leaves Luther unchecked. There is definitely a mood of melancholy throughout, and the last time Superman is seen in the stories, he is forced to pose in a photo op with the president. Throughout, Luther is depicted as an opportunist capable of dark dealings, who knows how to work a situation for his own gain. And now I'm just going to um, throw out this question. Uh, what about the story uh, stands out to you? And um, maybe we'll go uh, this time to Karen. Yeah, so um, as I said, kind of in our, our opening questions, it, it actually um, didn't stand out to me that much. I wasn't that surprised about a lot of the decisions. Yeah. Uh, it is it is like we were talking about where some of it, it seems a bit tame. I especially uh, noticed that uh, they only took a day to declare the winner. They weren't quite sure what headline to print, but it wasn't a week like it was in, in our reality. Well, yeah, and that, and that was the morning. So they had it sorted out by... Uh, yeah, by they're the like, okay, the... we've, yeah. we've, you know, we go to bed, but we'll figure it out in the morning. Whereas I was, I was just reminiscing about this, where it was like Tuesday night, you go to bed, maybe like Saturday, the, the press had kind of settled on, we definitely have a clear winner um, with Biden, of course. Um, but again, it was very close and nail bitey and you, you couldn't, again, even like a year ago or five years ago, you couldn't possibly imagine that this would be so close after the, the four years or even the last year that we've had. Well, uh, but there you go. 
Well, and it's interesting, Karen, just hearing you talk about that, reflecting on the election that this led up to, which was the George W. Bush election. Mm -hmm. There was a bit of a kerfuffle there about that one, but it was sorted out literally by midnight. They just weren't <laughs> able to call it at like 10 at night. Sure. But there was, a, there was a, oh yeah, I mean, it, it was a little bit weird. In fact, they called it for Gore at one point. Oh, so man. that that was, a, I mean, the 2000 election was probably the the hardest one to call before uh, this one that took five days recently. Was it the, was it 2004 with the dimpled chads? I that was 2000. Remember. That was, oh, that 2000. was 2000 as well. Yeah. yeah that, and was that was about five months. Not quite sorted out either, but I no. mean, it, it was, it was a winner for sure, but just like how, how and why were they able to, to win? We don't know. And again, I'm one of those, I guess uh, we're all people who are old enough that, uh, it's going to be like, you know, oh, and I, I remember when Bush was like the dumbest, worst president in history. But, you know, we've, <laughs> we've as a world, we've exceeded ourselves with that. But uh, mm -hmm. with Trump, of course. But um, yeah, the, so that's something that stood out um, and kind of more in the kind of storytelling character way. It's just like all the little bits of like continuity. It's uh, the, the way I've heard it described of um DC and Marvel comic book continuity is kind of like jumping in a river and it's just kind of always flowing and maybe you can like go in and wait around and pick up bits of stories but it's uh unless you're a very dedicated reader and shopper which some people are but I mean most people I know who are still like dedicated comics readers can't follow it unless you want to buy 50 books a month or something um but it's it's fun to to kind of wait around I suppose so yeah Sure. Well, thank you. Um, Stephanie, what stood out about this story to you? Um, the, the one thing, and it might be because of my cybersecurity advisory role that really <laughs> stood out for me was that Trump, or sorry, Trump, <laughs> that Lex um, ran to troll Superman. It was basically like he was like pretty much he was like, because he got the idea to run for president. To just, to, just to be in Superman's face. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, and and like, as ridiculous as that might have sounded back then, it happens so much now. Like, like if we, when we look at the political discourse that's happening right now, and um, and I am, I'm pretty sure a lot of uh, policies put in by a lot of those who are in power is literally to stick it to someone they don't like whether it's environmentalists, let's just say the, uh, the teachers unions or just unions in general, like we've seen it here. We're, 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 we're watching in real time it. here as a teacher. Yes, we're watching that here. And that's totally, <laughs> that's totally what I, what I felt when I read that part. It was, oh, interesting. Um, was very much, very much. I am convinced that a lot of the policies happening here um, in Alberta is, is, is just to stick it to a certain sect. Right. Because they got a D in a test 50, 30 years ago or whatever. Or, or something. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Unlike Luther, who had a legitimate reason for hating Superman because he was made bald by Superman. I mean, that's a real, that's a, uh, at least that, I don't know where that is in the uh, canon these days. But all right. Well, thanks, Stephanie. Um, Jason, what stood out uh, to you about this story? Oh, Jason. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. Um, uh, I think we've already kind of noted that, that some of Lex's policies, uh, when he's not actively, you know, winking about being a supervillain, 
uh, actually sound good and interesting and like yeah so I think that definitely stood out for me these moments of like when he's actually just talking about what he wants to do as president uh, you're like oh yeah okay that that sounds fine yeah <laughs> you know? yeah reducing um, fossil fuels yeah sorry go exactly. on exactly um uh and uh I think the other thing that really struck me was that like although this was this was called President Luthor what the whole story really was was just people reacting to the idea of it. Yeah. Like the first half is everybody going like he's gonna run, and then the second half is he won, and like, but there's no like we don't see him do much in office other than like have some spooky meetings. Like, um, oh yeah, it's it's like the first third of a movie about someone becoming president. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. Know, it really doesn't get into it, you know, beyond. Yeah. But it does pull it off, but it doesn't really follow through. You you'd have to read Superman: Worlds at War and uh, other such things, I guess. Well, that's exactly it. And that, 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 that very, I mean, we, we've talked about uh, when you listed the creators, there's so many creators on this, is that I think that's why, like, the story of president of, the, of this thing is actually a pretty short story. Like, he decides to run for president, yeah. he wins, and then Superman and his friends react, to it, react about it. That's kind of the synopsis. Like, Absolutely. But, uh, but to keep selling the books, it's like, okay, this 20 pages is going to be about Superman talking to these people about it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, uh, so yeah, the, the, the fractured narrative really stood, it kind of stood out to me as well. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not your normal collection. Like as far as yeah. like, this wasn't, I, first of all, I don't think it was designed to be collected. Like, unlike say, whether you're talking about Watchmen or, or the eight, you know, six consecutive issues of a, of a, of a comic series, this was yeah. grabbed together. You know, I think years later, I don't think they rushed this later on i think they just liked the idea of making a president luther collection and they grabbed all the stories that mm -hmm. that connected it uh to that that that, that, that directly connected to that to that storyline um going back to what you said about about the platform i found that like really interesting and the more i thought about it especially as i was getting ready yesterday and i'd just be interested in people's thoughts because i mean certainly some of the platform was clearly very progressive in my mind like the idea that especially 20 years ago that you're going to reduce fossil fuel uh, usage due to technological innovation which is very kind of i guess i'd be curious if what your thoughts would be is do you feel like the writers um put that in i mean because there's a few ways that you can be you could interpret that and in many ways that's the delicate balance that popular comics walk is that they can they try to appeal to all political stripes were they saying that you know that that's actually like is it were they trying to communicate that if you promote getting off of fossil fuels and 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 and, and that that you're actually kind of you know quietly evil or 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 was that or was it their way of going okay we got to make luther president let's at least give him a progressive platform which helps explain why it happened and 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 helps us get get some uh climate change politics uh you know in, in, into the uh comic reading uh you know audience although you you'd have to pay really close attention to be even be aware of what luther's platform was when you read, well, read that, these comics I, <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's that's something um uh that is important to point out is that like we actually never find out what the voters think like uh um uh, Luther wins, but like, do we even know who is running against him? Like, not not in this collection. I'm not yeah, aware. Like, so, and he doesn't represent a political party. But all that's very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but how interesting is it for us to to for us to read a story about a president being elected, 
and we don't actually see people voting and we don't see any other candidates. It's just like Luther winning. Like, um, uh, so when you were saying there about like, are they saying that his, uh, that maybe like getting off of fossil fuels is somehow evil? Honestly, I think they just needed like, he's a, he's a scientist. He's a, like, he's a like inventor. So what's the, what's the one thing he could bring to a presidential campaign? Like I, I honestly, I would be surprised if they had any more political ambition than that, you know, than to just try to attach it to whatever the character was already good at. All right. Anyone else like want to add? Aquaman had run, then it share their been thoughts on, on, on Luther's or the writer's possible intentions with the platform or anything? I don't, think they, I don't think they were intending anything. <laughs> I th it felt like there was an idea. Let's totally make Lex run for president. And then they didn't decide to carry through with it after it was over it just had to it's honestly what it felt like oh we have this great idea he runs for any wins and then and then nothing <laughs> it's like oh we're done yeah yeah the whole thing is just kind of like this this dread that it's okay okay it's really happening it's gonna happen and it's like well what whatever happened like you don't you don't know even by the end and even the kind of like flash forward it's a wonderful life setup uh, it's like okay they they were trying to i don't that part was a little bit unclear like it, it wasn't supposed to give superman motivation for staying in the game but it's just kind of showing him like things that he would miss but it's like what what really comes of it for like an ordinary person like jason says so yeah, well, the whole thing felt a little like it was a, a rushed student creative writing assignment. And that's someone who's read a lot of rushed student creative writing assignments. But, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, yeah, like I, like I say, I just, I do, I do, I am curious about that. I found that an interesting choice. Um, and you're right. I mean, there's some good points raised that we don't, it lives in the way that comics tend to, particularly DC comics tend to live in this. Let's not have the other candidate. Let's not make it clear what political party they're with. Let's keep it um ambiguous which is in some ways a an interesting choice um you know and 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 i did do a little bit of research just around where luther was at when this comic came out and and really um up until like a, what we call kind of the post-crisis dc world around 1986 when john byrne revamped superman and lex luther so that was right around jason when you might have been uh picking up stories in the in the uh in the drugstore um that was when Luther was reimagined as a businessman. And, and, and that hadn't really been done since the 40s. For a good long time, Luther was a science supervillain with, with mad monster ideas and, and constantly just trying to kill Superman uh, to do with his, with his uh, adolescent baldness. And, um, and then, they, then they decided to, to really reimagine Superman as this, um, you know, this evil businessman. And I'd be interested to know what the status Trump had in the uh, popular culture in the mid eighties. But, um, but certainly I don't, I, I, you know, John Byrne was probably drawing from, from what he was observing in the real world with the rise of the Reagan era and with the, with the kind of, um, you know, the, the conservative movement that was happening there. And John Byrne is a, is a good Alberta boy uh, for a little history note. Anyway, so Luther was a businessman for a good long time, for over a decade in the stories, never in the public mind being clearly evil, skirting this line between good and evil. And then he becomes president. And then it wasn't until shortly after he was president, but it might have been a few years, he, uh, by the same, one of the same writers, uh, 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 Jeff Loeb, um, 
he um he then that's when he's kind of transformed back into the uh crazy science supervillain um who wears big you know armor and 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 creates crazy science to destroy superman so so it was interesting that, that this this was almost the beginning of the end of luther as a successful businessman model it was it was beginning that end um so yeah so it was an interesting story um i um yeah so i think we'll jump well yeah so um i guess the other thing i i really enjoyed about the story I, I i did find the story not greatly written but there were always lots of interesting moments uh certainly some of the interesting moments about luther seeking power but i just truly liked just in that way that this is maybe part of that era because I don't know whether storytelling goes in this direction as much, but it was this definitely this era of showing superheroes just talking to each other. And I don't know whether that's before or after the Bendis era, or he just capitalized on it more than anything. But I enjoyed uh, when Superman talked to his friends and, and got and got the guidance, just because that, that just made me feel nostalgic. Um, for maybe just also just because it's just hard to even be in a room with friends right now. So maybe that was why, but, um, but I enjoyed that. So anyone else want to add any last moments before we move into connecting this story to current events? Anyone else want to make any final comments on the story in general that stood out? Any criticisms that we haven't already kind of vaguely said? Uh, some of the art was pretty bad. It's that nineties <laughs> art. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like when he, she talks to wonder woman, I'm like, Ooh, that's just, it, it, she doesn't look good. I'm sorry. And pretty much all the like, um, like Luther's henchmen. And there's one that it's just this woman who shows up named Lori. And then it's like to find out what Lori wants, read this other comic. And I'm like, oh. okay. She's got like a, a, like, you know, curvy skirt, but that's all I know about Lori. So, okay. um, and it's not, it's not the time cop one one it's like much no. earlier but uh uh yeah so just... look at that. do you think it's lori lamuris the atlantean uh, who knows could be there who knows? Lots sure of there are, that Loris. There are yeah. other atlanteans in the book so that's uh yeah it's fun uh like you mentioned uh it's just like you can follow these threads pretty much everywhere but uh some of the art is good i like ed mcginnis i have encountered him throughout the kind of nine uh, 90s 2000s comics because it looks kind of like blocky action figures but i think like even rob liefeld is in here somewhere and he might be like a little bit more maligned than he should be but he's he's still not good like you can't redeem him too much just like really not great and and like anatomy and i don't know so that's just my like art criticism but i mean it is it it does what it needs to to be like a monthly collection of monthly superhero I, comics but I, I thought leafield put all pulled off a pretty regal aquaman but that's me but i i but thought I, uh, he was one of the better like but, appearances but his art and i think i'd have to look but i think it was ian churchill maybe who did wonder woman and there was certainly that was a that era of exaggerated female anatomy yeah and it, it wasn't Liefeld, of course guilty that. of as well or life yeah, yeah but it's just like nobody gets off great with then lois lane just looks very inconsistently depicted like um i know she's not always going to have like the same hairstyle and stuff but it's just like okay what what kind of character body type or whatever is supposed to be like because you know you know wonder woman is always supposed to just be like buff and statuesque and whatever but i don't know what lois is it's very confusing but. all right anyone else want to add any uh, final or any comments or criticisms on the story before we start to connect it to the now um all right oh jason the 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 one quick thing I, I don't think we talked about it much but like connected to this whole collection was also this like 
addition of an older story of like a, uh, the like the Luther years, like this this down and out reporter finding out history about Luther. Um, I like it's. I don't want to go too deep into it. I don't want to synopsize it because honestly, it's just. It, I don't think we've got it that much time. But no, it's its own story, is, but it's a great story. I thought it's it's a good story. It's yeah. it's the best story in the collection because it's a Absolutely. cohesive whole. Yeah, and it's kind of got like a, a a heavy metal illustration vibe to it. So that was great. <laughs> I remember that one came out back in the '80s, and I remember when it came out, and it it it. it it actually a friend of mine who became a journalist who never used to buy he would only buy really good comics bought it and that i think was his only dc comic and he loved the art and the story yeah. was gritty and it was and it was good it has the best art and the most like consistent match to the story because yeah. uh, it, the art's pretty random in other yeah. spots so yeah i just felt i i didn't want to burden anyone with having to do too much more reading so i kept it off the official reading of of this time around but but if you pick up the collection, anyone, it's the best part at the end. The unauthorized biography of Lex Luthor. Possibly the best part. Um, all right. Okay. So let's jump into how does this story um, help you reflect on current events? So this is where I put, and I think people have touched on this, this storyline felt more realistic than current events. And, um, and that's where we're kind of in this weird normal. I guess we should say that this, what we're experiencing is more realistic. Of course, there was giant monsters and, and other such things. And that was really just a joke. But um, so, um, yeah, so I'd just like to hear, would anyone like to just, uh, how was this, reading this, did, did it make you reflect any more on, on current events or, or feel free just to chime in on your thoughts on current events? Anyone want to jump in first? Maybe Stephanie, we haven't heard from you in a bit. Yeah, um, basically, uh, it kind of didn't too much reflect on current events to me um yeah other than um the rise of uh of corporate entities becoming uh more involved in politics because before right. before like basically every politician was a lawyer almost um prior to this well, not counting like you know ronald reagan was an actor i guess but yeah but um but but the very much the the whole like the 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 corporate entity becoming becoming like a president type thing i think that's really reflective of where the society has gone and almost forward forward thinking because that book was written just after the Reagan era. Sort of not quite just, but you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Following the Reagan era um, at Reagan and Thatcher, I'll even throw in. Um, right. But now, now, now that we're, now we look at, at things today and, and things have changed like politics, the face of politics has changed. And I, I almost feel like that book kind of bridged that change. Right. Okay. Thought. Anyone else? Uh, does this did this reading through this make you reflect at all of what's going on now, or did was it did it just make you tune out what's going on now? Something that uh, something that you said earlier, like it did, kind of make me tune out. Like I said, like I feel like I, I'm of the belief that Trump never had a plan. Um, uh, so like, and he's just kind of taken, taken things as they go. Whereas Luther has like a scheming Machiavellian, like mwahaha plan. Um, although he never articulates it for the, uh, for the reader, but what, what I'm actually want to respond to is something that you said earlier, James, about, um, uh, the, the transition of Luther to a businessman and how much of the eighties and nineties, like was, was sort of glamorizing and celebrating capitalism and business as like the true air the, the true locus of power 
and how so to me in a way like that that value system is what then makes trump make sense in the in the late 20 teens is that like it's that like trump is the furthest furthest uh, extension of that of the idea that led that led them to turning uh luther into a businessman in the first place but like mm. big robots don't cut it anymore now he has to be a wall street you know so this is actually the main plot of uh not to jump into another property but uh wonder woman 1984 because it just ah. connects all of those dots from like the celebration of like greed and corporate culture in the 80s to now which is like you know a kind of austerity so the again this is spoilers for that movie i mean if you haven't seen it it came out in christmas you got you gotta get on it but uh <laughs> yeah um but yeah so but by, by the end people kind of have to give up with the things that they want in order to like ensure that you know life goes on as normal for people so it's it's kind of a confusing message but it definitely crunches all of the things we're talking about especially in literally specifically in dc universe because um i noticed a little tidbit in in this comic is uh balia is the um kind of uh desert oil exporting country in the dcu and that is uh featured in uh Wonder Woman 1984, um, because there's a point where uh, they're just telling Lex during the debate that he should just like blow it up and not work with them because he's like, you know, America should produce its own oil, which again, today pretty much is. So you don't have to, they're still getting a lot from the Middle East, but they're not getting as much from Canada, for instance. So, um, but it it all is connected and it does uh, kind of, yeah, you can, you can take the threads from the stories that uh, the comics were telling in the eighties and today and see, is it that much different? Is, are things have changed a lot? I don't know. All right. Well, okay. Uh, thanks so much, everyone. And I think probably the only thing I was going to add was, um, I was impressed and this was not at all part of the story. It was only at the very end of the book, they showed his cabinet. And I was kind of, I, I even went back to go, does the cabinet come up before? And it's like, no, they just show the cabinet at the very end. And I'm not sure whether it made a big deal later, but I was very interested in the in the diversity of uh, of Luther's cabinet, and I guess uh, I connect that to maybe some in that there you know there was um, Jefferson Pierce, aka Black Lightning, was Secretary of Education. Amanda Walder of the Suicide Squad was Secretary of Metahuman Affairs. Um, you know there was it, you know which is a very important role in the real world, of course. And um, and um, anyways, I just thought that was interesting. Just once again, I keep. The, probably the weirdest thing I think about with the story was how progressive Luther was on the surface and how I'm just, I just, I, I, it concerns me whether or not the writers were intentionally trying to, to cast suspicion on progressive viewpoints, but I guess that's, that's also, that's a valid uh, thing to explore in stories. Um, okay. Um, well, moving right along before we have our important uh, questions towards the end, uh, does anyone want to talk about any similar titles or works? Um, I'm going to jump in on this one. Um, I think President Luther stands in the canon of presidential analysis alongside Oliver Stone's Nixon and W. Um, that is a, that's my attempt to be funny. Uh, but I did, but I was, it did make me think of those. And I almost watched Nixon yesterday afternoon, but I suddenly lost track of the three hours I would have needed to watch that. Um, but um, it did make me want to watch both Nixon and W. Uh, but it had me thinking about what are, 
stories and analyze what it means to be president. Um, and uh, from DC Comics, one that came up to my mind was Prez, which back in the 70s was the idea of like a, just a almost a happy-go-lucky kid uh, becomes president of the United States. And then they revamped it a few years ago uh, where it was uh, like a, a social media savvy uh, female uh, who was around 19 years old became president. So those, and I remember reading a few issues of the recent revamp and I was always, and, and being interested in it. And it might've even been Mark Russell who's made his way as a uh, progressive political minded writer in the DC world. Um, so those came to mind me. Anyone else want to share any similar works? Or, or or things that came to mind? I had Definitely. something come to mind. Yeah. Um, not exactly similar, but um, yeah. there's a Japanese manga called Sanctuary. Oh, okay. And it's actually about, um, it's about these two friends. Um, they decided that they were going, there's, their goal was to, to rise to power in Japan. Um, they played rock, paper, scissors. So one of them became basically... Uh, became the like the straight arrow um, going to go through the political system. Yeah. The other one um, became uh, involved with the mafia, basically like the yakuza. Okay. And they, it, the, the, but the 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 end goal was for them to both rise to the power of their of their organizations, and it, that's something. I it, that book had um, it came to mind just because there's so much political intrigue involved with it. Yeah, but it's also is also a long. It's a pretty long series. I think it was like a dozen volumes, and um, and it very much was much more detailed and more dramatic in uh, in the in the the struggle to get through power and to achieve power. And there was actually like you know a, an ending. Did so, they run against <laughs> each other to become president? No, because one <laughs> one's the head of the yakuza. What basically one's like the the. What, going for the top of the yakuza, and the other one yeah. was going for the top of um, of the. What did he become? I can't remember if he became the, what his position was in the end of the book because it's been a while since I've read it. it yeah, fair enough. It. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but basically that's what it was about, and that the the they had to succeed in their ambitions, to become like the tops of these these organizations, and basically you know become like like own the country kind of thing. Right. Sounds cool. Um, anyone else want to share anything that, that popped to mind? Yeah, like, so one, one thing that reminded me of uh, while we were having this discussion, uh, what I was actually doing on um, the election night was uh, while we were waiting for endlessly for the results, we um, put up um, these trial of the Chicago seven, which is, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I, I think uh, that it, someone relates because it's a, examines like, power counterculture the depictions of it but there's also kind of this meta uh, relationships of the depictions because um it there seems to be another film from 2011 that was a, like, a rotoscoped animated film called uh the chicago eight and there's a lot of like uh references and callbacks to that film in the new one and um it's, it was interesting to kind of like watch them together um oh, so I would I would recommend both of those films and kind of comparing them and seeing how like sympathetic the new one is to the, the people on trial versus uh, the kind of cartoon indie counterculture one because there's like lots of subtle differences even though it's the same story and the same characters and things so and I 
I think, uh, yeah, you can find the earlier film. Um, we watched it on YouTube. I'm not sure if it's still there, but uh, things I'll come and looking. go sometimes. But yeah, that's that's a, a fun one. And it's a fun story, of course, uh, Abby Hoffman and, and things. So that's kind of uh, callbacks to, unfortunately, things get more depressing in the 80s and onward. But in the 60s, you kind of can imagine that people could challenge power in a, a little bit more creative, uh, free way than, than they're kind of boxed in over the decades until now but. well and if, yeah yeah I, I really enjoyed trial of chicago seven um and i've been thinking about it a lot since the capital riots because oh exactly it's, it, it's got me wondering about what this next trial is going to be like and mm -hmm. you know you know are, are these people going to be tried together and and and, and what narrative will get told and, and, and how will history ultimately remember these people yeah um, super is, uh interesting it's going to be interesting so yeah. um yeah that was great um jason any um any similar works to President Luther <laughs> or anything or just anything you want to talk about? <laughs> well, you know, uh, one thing I did get thinking about was uh, Superman Red Sun. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a neat one to think about. Yeah. Well, especially because it's like it's an overtly political book. Like it's it's talking about uh, the different like, you know, the East West or uh, sort of like Soviet American dichotomy. It still goes into super like a uh, super heroic, super villainous activity. But what's interesting in that one is that essentially Superman does get out of the way and Luthor then makes the whole world better for everybody. Like he just fixes the planet. So it, it I mean, that's also Mark Millar just kind of being the rabble rouser writer that he is of like going left when everyone goes right. So, um, so he's just sort of having fun with being provocative, but I, but it was, it was a neat counterpoint to this where where Luther doesn't seem to have a plan other than trolling Superman. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think Red Sun is ultimately probably a stronger work of of, of superhero literature. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a great uh, suggestion. All right, everyone. Um, okay, this this could be a quick one or or whatever. What supervillain is most like Trump? Who wants to jump in first? I got one. I'll go. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Maxwell Lord. Oh, okay. There we go. From from the from Wonder Woman eighty four or um or like the old uh, Just League International or both. Well, here's the thing. So yeah. so if you kind of look at the whole whole history, right? At yeah. first, at first, everyone thought Maxwell Lord was kind of a cool guy. Yeah. Right. And people actually looked up to him. Like I remember people like in my school would do like some people were like, oh yeah, like because we we're supposed to write up. There's a chapter about entrepreneurs, and a lot of people picked Trump. Right. Kind of thing. For example, yeah. right? Right. And Twenty years ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah 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 right exactly right yeah um and then uh after yeah and, and then after that you, you realize oh wait there's something like fishy about this guy right you know like what's up with this dude right and then the next thing you know he's like a cybernetic telepathic murdering you know <laughs> super villain well, okay so maybe I, that's I, not I, quite the same <laughs> No, but I think Patty Jenkins probably, uh, you know, was thinking about Trump a bit when when they were fleshing out oh, the character. Definitely, um, if you look at the way that uh, Pascal uh, portrayed, yeah, him right down to the hair. Like, yeah, yeah, like come on, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So okay. I think it's amalgamation actually of um, right, the the movie one and the the comic one. Okay, Max Lord, super villain, most like Trump. Going once, anyone else? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw mine out for whatever reason, whenever I see Trump speak, I think of arcade from the X-Men, 
who was like just this classic cheeseball villain who always wore a, a, a loud cheesy suit, had like big orange hair, and um, and just was always um, uh, putting his enemies into this uh, pointless murder world. So um, that's mine. Is uh, I, I I don't know why, but I but I think of arcade um, uh, when I think of Trump. Uh, but Max Lord definitely for sure. Anyone? Any other uh, villains? uh uh hammerhead i think was like the the, <laughs> the the like marvel villain um basically all he had was bravado and a tendency to run his head into things and that seems to me to be accurate for trump's basic policies <laughs> all right not the hammerhead action figure i had from star wars no no <laughs> i was gonna say i'm like i i literally can't think of a a villain that is fictional that isn't already just trump like they're trying to edit him out of home alone like he's in all the fictional universes already so is he in home alone oh he yeah, is in home trying alone. to the people don't want him in their their childhood memories so they're like trying to get him out of it right oh, i can't believe it but uh yeah or like um i think there was some other movies that are at least like even at the time in the 80s like in back to the future too like it's it's a trump like horrible future and i'm like great they, they tr- predicted this 25 years ago so it's just not they, well and i do find that i mean both uh gary trudeau and doonesbury and the simpsons both called trump being president a decade yeah, if uh-huh. not two decades before well he's just the perfect like american guy <laughs> like it's not really like insulting to america but it's just like it's the the cartoonish ideal of like success so it of course he has to become president and then that translated over into reality unfortunately but yeah Mm -hmm. so moving to uh what we hope will be an ambitious shift in the next couple days um i just thought this is this is our final question here if uh if uh kamala harris had a superpower what would it be anyone have one here History maker. History maker. There we go. Yeah, I put ceiling breaker. Um, but but anyone um, and uh, other ones I put was that I, I mean she used to uh, take on the death penalty, so she fights death. Um, yeah. Anyone want to share any thoughts as as to a superpower for her? History maker's big. No. I don't know. Maybe with. Like a bridge builder, maybe. Like I can see, I can see some some trying to like cross some divides happening. Bridge building that would be an interesting connection. Yeah, I am. Um, I didn't know too much about her before the debate with uh, Pence, and um, and I was just really impressed with her confidence and really with her with the way that she uh, was able to um, not be afraid of of, of issues. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how how she finds her voice. Oh, well, I'll add one more than how about, yeah. um, I think um, one of her other powers will be inspiration. The power of inspiration. Could, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To have a, a woman who's a person of color in that position, you know, and, and to do it with confidence that she has. Yeah. I think that's going to inspire a lot of younger generations to come. There we go. The power of inspiration. Okay, excellent. Um, okay, great. Well, folks, once again, a fantastic conversation on a, um, on not one of the greatest comics we've read so far. Um, but, um, before we, uh, before we wrap things up, I just want to check, would anyone want to share 
Anything that you have uh, uh, coming up, coming out here, we'll start with uh, Jason. Anything going on? Uh, lots going on, but nothing I can promote yet. Fair enough. All yeah. right. The secret's there, folks. Lots to speculate on. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie? Um, I'm in the middle of revamping the website for Foam Armory, our my foam costume uh, website where we make chainmail foam and new product coming soon, which is kind of a, it's not a secret, but it's not like public either. So I'll just mention that we're doing scale mail now. Oh, cool. All right, Karen? Uh, yeah, so just uh, some recent Alberta Advantage episodes. Uh, there's one on the Ku Klux Klan. So that's um, actually... In Alberta? It, oh, in Alberta. Definitely yeah. has existed for since the 20s and 30s. And uh, there's still, you know, groups with historic links to it operating today. So you definitely want to check that out. It's not all grim. There's some, like you know, like darkly funny stories from like, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s. Um, so interesting listen. And then a little bit more hopeful, the the next one coming out should be on public dental care. So we talked to some advocates for because nobody likes going to the dentist and your your dividend is not like covering as much as you thought. So it should be, you know, in, in our opinion, covered under um public medicare so there's uh, definitely groups working to make that happen so we go in depth on that and uh my other podcast uh the format guardian we're shifting to a monthly schedule so that will not be like every three or four months to <laughs> wait for an episode about uh reboot so we're uh looking forward to bringing that uh to more audiences more often so all right great thanks everyone all right, folks, as we come to a close, I will mention one more time that this podcast is brought to you by Change Agents, a comic from Renegade Arts Entertainment that's available now on Comixology. I'm very excited. Uh, this just came out last week. It's a comic series written by uh, me, James Davidge, and illustrated by Nick Johnson. And it introduces a universe of superheroes that explore our social contract. And it's on sale on Comixology for the low price of $1.99. Uh, so we hope you can check that out. Tune in to our next episode when we'll discuss March by John Lewis, Andrew Aiden, and Nate Powell. This autobiographical graphic novel documents the early civil rights efforts of Congressman Lewis. Should be a great conversation. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.